Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Everything is Canon, a Cinelinks podcast, a podcast where we invite marginalized authors from all genres onto the show to discuss their latest books and novels, as well as just about anything else that comes to mind. I'm your host, Steve Dunk, and thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to do so, but the best way is to email me at steve at cinelinks.com, or you can always find me on Twitter, of course, at stevedunk5 or at everythingcanon. And so, without further ado, let's get the show on the road and meet today's guest. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. As is always the case, we will continue to encourage supporting authors and stories that affirm the lives of people other than ourselves. Each time we either engage in a conversation, whether it be online or face-to-face, or each time we participate in the market with our purchasing choices. Um, a reminder, February is Black History Month, a time when we remember important people and events in the history of the African diaspora. And while we have little to no excuse to not be doing things to support the Black communities all year long, this is a convenient time to support, share, and boost causes and businesses in the Black community online and elsewhere. I will certainly post some links after the show where you can do just that. Okay. Um, my guest tonight is from a faraway place called Australia, and she's coming to us from the future, of course. Uh, Vanessa Lan is an Australian author of Chinese, Malaysian, and Maltese heritage, an educational editor. She has worked on everything from language learning programs to STEM resources to professional learning for teachers. Very cool. I want to talk a bit about that. Vanessa is a graduate of the Clarion Workshop in San Diego, and she lives in Melbourne. If that bio seems short, that's because she's here today to talk about her debut book, Only a Monster, which is described as with the sweeping romance of Passenger and the dark fantasy edge of this savage song. This standout YA contemporary fantasy debut from Vanessa Lenn is the first in a planned trilogy. That's probably the worst blurb ever, but that's that's all right. It'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Please welcome to the show, Vanessa Lenn. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me here. And yes. I am from the future. I mean, I'm in the next day. You are in the next day. I know. It's so, you probably hear that joke all the time. It's so lame. I'm sorry. But uh, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm always, I, I'm one of these like losers who always still gets a, gets a kick out of just when I get to talk to an author, just like on the other side of the planet. I'm always just like one of these guys. I'll never get like, my head will never get wrapped around that fact that technology allows us to do that. I think it's so fucking cool. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like it's so cool as well. It's like yeah. communicating simultaneously. Like right, when right. in history could you ever have done that? <laughs> right. It's just, I don't know. I think it's maybe the current generation who hasn't known any different would just call me a yeah. total dork. But I think, I don't know, I won't ask your age, but I'm, I'm 40. So, <laughs> so I remember before when we couldn't do this shit, right? Like, when, it, like yeah. the, the, the thought, like to talk to someone in Australia, I would just have to like, what? I don't know, pick a random number in the phone book or... Right. Or right. It would, or like it would cost me a billion dollars to call someone there. Or like, yeah, it would just be a weird thing. Right. But I mean, here we are just on the click of a button. Strange. I, I, know. I guess we'd never have talked. We would have never have met 20 years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did authors sell books back then? I have no idea. I don't know. That maybe like door knocking, just door by door, please. Could you please imagine? Like, right. And in, in the old days. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was just so much more difficult. Even imagine querying back before the internet. I, I know you would have had to do like a by mail, yeah. mail, yeah. Right, you could have to. And send I, your, I guess you'd be, you know, I don't know. Would it be handwritten? Would you have printed it? Who even knows? Typed, I guess, but I don't even know, right? Like yeah. maybe a handwritten, <laughs> maybe a handwritten note, but still, you you would literally be, I would think, just mailing typed manuscripts. I feel like I feel like it would have been very hard for an Australian author to 
publish anything overseas back then. It's just send manuscripts around. Imagine, right? Like, <laughs> oh gosh, we love technology. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we love technology. Um, and yes, you are. Yeah, you are in the future. And so this is, uh, in a sense, time travel, which we'll, we'll certainly talk about because it is a big theme yes. in your book. Uh, and I love, I love paradoxes and like time travel and especially when there's rules to time travel because there are rules to time travel and uh you hit the nail on the head and you also reference you know a very important film in, in the history of time travel <laughs> especially <laughs> especially when it comes to rules but we'll talk about that in a second um i actually want to start off with uh i need you to tell us your secret vanessa because i want to know how the fuck you were able to sell a trilogy in today's ya market because that is does not happen very often so that must have been one hell of a pitch i have to think I so. so yeah I so, think it's, all, it's all my amazing agent tracy because i didn't okay. know i didn't know that trilogies were out of fashion i guess i didn't know that it, that duologies were in fashion so when i um had originally pitched to tracy i had pitched it as a trilogy and then um, she just said to me, is that what you want? And I said, yes. And she said, okay. And that's what she did. She pitched it to publishers as a trilogy as well. So it's all Tracy. It's amazing. I've talked to so many authors who have duologies coming out and they were all pitched as a trilogy. And each time they were talked down to two books. I definitely feel very lucky. Um, yeah. I guess uh, I guess in my mind, it had always been a trilogy and always I guess, structured as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a big learning curve to have to figure out how to structure as a duology well that's always the problem too when they ask you to squeeze that story down now unless you know like you've just this isn't and not to say it never happens it does happen there are trilogies of course still but they're rarer and rarer and uh you know, this isn't like Lord of the Rings. You don't have enti- you can't have entire chapters of just people walking, right? <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, that's the thing. And and also it's 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 a it's a huge investment and it's a it's a massive, massive, massive vote of confidence, I would think too, because I mean if the if this first book doesn't sell well, you're kind of fucked, aren't you? I mean, it's so true. Yes. Yeah, right? it's crossed. <laughs> I don't mean to put that in your head. No, I, I have yeah, had yeah. that in my head already. No, it's, I know. Yeah. It's no, I, I, it's not going to happen. This book's going to sell great. I, I know it. I know it because I've read it and uh, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And I, uh, even just like, I don't, I read, I don't really peek at um, reactions, book reactions too often. Cause mostly I just don't care, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like this thing's scoring really well. People are really loving this book, Vanessa. So I mean, and and then and the best thing they always say, and that's the thing you want to see in a in a book one is you know like, uh, give me book two right away, or I can't, <laughs> I, I need to read it right now, or it's such a that's the best compliment you can get, right? I know that makes me really happy yeah. that they would want to stay in that world that you've kind of made up. <laughs> it's an amazing. I talk about this all the time, especially with do all you know any series, whether it's two, three, four books, whatever because we get stuck in this sort of like kind of bullshit, like, like Gregorian calendar system where like they want these books 12 months apart. Yeah. And I'm awful at, and so there's a few things going on with me. Like I have to, because of I'm in book blocking and stuff, I'm always reading ahead. Right. So like I'm reading books that come out months from now, even a year. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. So I, so I don't, I just, and as much as I would love to, I don't have the time to go back and read books that have come out already previously yeah. right so yeah so in, and i also have like insane closure issues and also <laughs> and, and also i can't i'm not willing to wait so on a trilogy i'm not willing to wait three years so i can read all yeah. three books at the same time yeah i can't I definitely have that in mind for sure i think um i really wanted book one to feel like it did have an ending like it was 
yeah. a whole complete arc. So you wouldn't it be does. disappointed. It does. I wouldn't leave you hanging. <laughs> it does kind of in a way. And, and that reminded me a bit, actually, and it's not like Lord of the Rings, but like Fellowship of the Ring mm. has kind of a, it feels like that, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I always felt like Fellowship of the Ring was always felt like a standalone to me in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Star Wars. I mean, look at Star Wars, right? Completely. I mean, I guess these are the structures that I based it on as well. I was really using the hero's journey. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. But I mean, still, though, like, um, you know, you could have, you could have, you know, had a cliffhanger. I mean, there's, I guess so. it's, it's tough to talk about. We can't talk about the ending, obviously, because no. it's too spoilery, but you, uh, we'll talk about it off- offline. Cause I do want to talk to you a little bit about it. Cause it's, right. I, I love what, I love what, what you did with the ending and, um, I'll tell you everything. and I'm so afraid of what's coming because like everyone else, we all have our teams and, uh, I don't want to make it like a big deal, but I am a hardcore team Aaron. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, no um, uh, Put you in <laughs> I think he's clearly, clearly the better man. But anyways, uh, we'll get to it. We'll have some fun with that a bit later. But um, yeah, that's pretty So just maybe we'll go back to that a little tiny bit. But just talk to me about sort of when you found out that it was getting um, picked up and as a trilogy. I mean, I feel like it was probably one of the most surreal weeks of my entire life. Mm. Um, When I'd written this book, I had often said to my, um, I guess, my critique group, you know, I feel like I've written... I feel like I've I've made a boat, but I don't know if it will float. I don't know if right. it will sail. Yeah. Um, but it was very like it was a real whirlwind. Um, my agent Tracy pitched it um, at the Frankfurt Book Fair in 2019, just before the pandemic, um, and everything happened extremely fast. I think it all happened within two and a half or three weeks. Mm. So it got to Germany within a few days, to Spain, then it was like an auction in America. It sold here in Australia. And I could, I, it felt so surreal that I, I honestly <laughs> contemplated whether I was in a coma, maybe I was in a coma and I would wake up and none of it would be real. Um, I feel like that lasted maybe a week at least, that feeling. Oh, very an, awful, an awful coma. That's an yeah. awful dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a nice, it was like a nice coma, like a fantasy coma. Sure. Um, yeah. No, I meant to wake up from it and not be real. I know like, that would oh. be, yeah. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm still in that coma. Well, then I'm with you. Then I'm in <laughs> it with you, which is even weirder. So, yeah. Um, then I'm part of it. Yes, that's even super weirder. But um, yeah. um, we're connected on some ethereal plane, Vanessa, you and I. We don't even know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, what also is there's a lot of cool things going on here in the it, with the universe because this book comes out on 22222 and on a Tuesday. So that's pretty sweet for for all like the for all like the number of palindrome nerds. That's like it's twos across the board. That's pretty sweet. For I was pretty me. thrilled when they said the day. I was like I will definitely remember that day. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um also to uh I won't ask you that. It's not fair to but I personally, personally, this is, and like, you know, I am not an artist. I don't know anything about it. I just appreciated art very much, but I do think I like the U S cover just a little bit better than the U than the, than the UK one. But um, it's actually really interesting. I feel like um, people with different tastes really like one cover really strongly. Um, so I guess it's appealing to quite a broad audience, which is interesting. Yeah. Kind of I like, but I do like both, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, something about the U S one. I just, um, just some of the US cover I liked a little bit better. And a shout out to um, uh, the UK one was done by uh, After Blossom and yes. uh, designed by Lydia Blagin. Yeah. And the US uh, is done by 
oh, how, please help me with the name, Evian 10? Uh, Evian 10, and then yep. we just landed with Jesse, Jesse King. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're both great, but yeah, just I'm going to give a slight edge to the U, to uh, the U.S. team. <laughs> Sorry, UK, you lose again. You lose again. I uh, love them both. I love them both. Um, so, it was very exciting that they picked, I guess they picked artists that were meaningful, like um, the UK picked a, a Malaysian artist and yeah. the US found an artist in Melbourne, which is where I'm from. So did you... Did you have any say with with the artist or no? Um, yeah, I had, I did have I did have. Did you give them like a say. list of names or yeah yeah? Um, but I mean, they presented me with this amazing art, and yeah. I didn't have any. You know, I was just like, yes, yes. Okay, but you didn't you didn't mention the artist that you. Well, they, I mean, they found the artists themselves. They did. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's always different. I mean, I know one thing people don't realize is actually our authors have very little to do with their book covers most times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sometimes I know they do get to sort of just like here's a couple names that I like and yada yada. Yeah. But, um, I definitely feel very lucky. It's a big listen, you know. And congratulations again on debuts is always a wonderful mm -hmm. thing and you can it's such a great experience and you can never get it back because you're only, you're only a debut author once um, True. <laughs> um i guess if it's a genre is and i would be slightly debuting again. <laughs> i guess sure sure where there you go i love your optimism you're just gonna <laughs> just go to yeah crush all the different genres tell, tell me about the first time you saw the cover that's a big moment for a debut author yeah, I guess everything happens um, in the middle of the night for me. So I right. wake up right. with very exciting emails. And so I, both the UK and the US cover um, arrived in the morning. So I was still in bed looking mm. at my phone. Um, and I just I just knew instantly that um, I was, it was like it was the cover. I was yeah. so happy with it. Um, and then they're both very symbolic. They include, um, I guess, elements of the book in really yep. interesting ways. Yep. Um, I, feel like the, I feel like the US cover has a little spoiler on top that you can only really understand by the end of the book. <laughs> that, it does, but we won't, yeah, but we won't mention it. it but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I love it when book covers tell a story, right? I love it. Yeah. And, and that's one thing you, we've really been seeing a lot of the last few years is sort of like these tapestry covers, right? Where that, um, of course, again, to your point, you have to have read the book to know what the hell we're talking about, yeah. but, um, yeah. it's, it's a nice sort of, it's a nice, it's a really cool thing because I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a cover to cover person. Like I read the front matter, the back matter. Oh, really? It, yeah. Oh yeah. Everything in between. I'm, I'm a huge, like, I'm a fast forwarder. I want to get to the story. You, yeah. No, I like, I love, I love prologues. I love author's notes. Yeah. I love dedications. Like some of the best stuff in some of the books I've ever read were in like the author's notes. And I love, I love getting in the mind of the authors and because I love process. Right. So I love to hear about some things that influenced you. And yeah, yeah. it's such an emotional yeah. journey because like, I really get a fucking, like, I really, when I said that earlier, I'm like, I am pro author. I fucking love authors. I love talking to them. I love getting in their heads. And, and I'm always like, I romanticize the process a lot too. Right. Where like, you know, you're up at your two in the morning and you're writing an important yeah. scene, writing an important scene. And, and it's, it's a pivotal moment. And like, you've lived with these people, these characters, right. With Joan more than anyone, obviously. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah. these people inside and out, and it's such an emotional experience I find. And, yeah. and that's why I love things like unboxing videos because, because to get to, to get to that moment, you've been through a lot of shit. Yeah, you right? definitely jumped a lot of hurdles to get right? to and, when, and, when you're unboxing. Right. And, and, sure. and like, you've probably cried a bit, 
over, you know, you've probably been stressed. Maybe it's taken you away from something else in your life. You've wanted to, yeah, yeah. maybe at the, it's a lot of bullshit, right? It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. It's a, writing a book is no joke. Like people don't understand. No, like, it's it's definitely... a lot of fucking work and it's a lot of, emotion, <laughs> it's a lot of emotional investment, isn't it? Yeah. I think it definitely took longer than I thought it would. Right. Um, every year for the four years that I was writing the manuscript, I, we, my, myself and my critique group just kept saying it's the year of the novel as in would finish it that year mm. and then I remember that last year I stopped saying it I was like I don't know if I'm going to finish it this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well you did and I'm very happy that you did because it's fucking awesome and uh, yeah I love it so much and it's before we're okay this will be non-spoiler obviously I'm not going to read the summary because I don't re- I don't read summaries on this show anyone right. can, anyone can right. look it up uh, my favorite because I've got so many twists and turns I always wished I could present it with no blurb at all like yeah no, oh no. I love that too and then like I'm kind of a summary yeah, I'm kind of a summary nerd too like because they're not all not all summaries are created equal right so um I think some give too much away I think some maybe don't do enough to sell you on the book because they do it's promotional language right it serves a purpose yeah, but course, uh, yeah. but some they're not all created equal and um what was I talking to one recently that I that the that the summary gave away something I thought huge in the book, and of course you wouldn't know it until you read the book. But then the author totally agreed with me, and they were like, "Yeah, I didn't like that summary either." <laughs> it's just, it's just I, was, I mean, yeah. I was lucky that um, that all of the publishers asked me how much I wanted to spoil, so I, I I did make choices about that, and mostly because I thought, you know, I can't say it's not about anything; it has to be about something. Uh, well, <laughs> you got to sell it. You have to sell the book. Yeah. yeah, we we for sure, for sure. But like, yeah, this is yeah, this would be a tricky one to summarize for sure. But um, yeah, but anyway. It's it's um, on it's it's everywhere. Goodreads, Google, your website, um, VanessaLive.com. Yeah. So everyone can find it. We don't waste waste That's right. Although time. if you if you want to read it without any spoilers, um, I feel like it, it works best with no spoilers at all. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so turn, turn off the radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, I want to start with something we need to get in. We need to clear something up here because mm-hmm. I don't even need to read people's comments to know they're gonna they're gonna get it wrong. Um, the definition of a monster, according to Merriam-Webster, one, an animal of strange or terrifying shape, one unusually large for its kind. Nope. An animal or plant of abnormal form or structure. Nope. One who deviates from normal or acceptable behavior or character. We'll circle back to that one. Three, a threatening force. We'll definitely circle back to that one. Four, something monstrous, especially a person of a natural or extreme ugliness. No deformity, no wickedness, yeah. <laughs> or cru- a cruelty or a cruel monster. It's a little offensive. <laughs> yeah, right. A cruelty, a cruel monster of a father. Yeah. Well, definitely. We'll circle back to that one too. And five, one that is highly successful. Uh, no, we're not going to worry about that one. <laughs> we definitely just dis- let's go back to two, three, and four there. Um, yeah. One who deviates from normal. Or- this is the thing with this book, and there's going to be a lot of like <sighs> monster versus hero talk. And I don't yes. like, and I don't agree with that yes. uh, because that, that implies that monsters can't be heroes. And that yeah. also implies that monster, um, see monster is a noun. It's an adjective, right? Like yeah. monsters can be, I mean, what was that Disney movie monsters Inc where they were just big, cute, cuddly. One of my favorites. Right. Like, like those were yeah. great. What's wrong with those yeah. guys? So monster, <laughs> like I understand, like historically in literature and story, like monsters is a you know a pejorative or or a negative context type term that's used, right? And when, yeah. you, when you call someone a monster, usually you're you're saying they're fucking assholes or they're evil or whatever. But I don't. <laughs> but uh, but it's important 
that we understand the language here, I think that you're using yes. in particular, right? So yes. talk to me about that because it's very purposeful, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so um, I had come up with the premise first um, that I, I knew I wanted to write um, a story from the point of view of a monster who was having to fight a hero. Um, but then I had to figure out what kind of monster is this? Yeah. Um, and I knew I wanted to make, I guess, an original monster. I wanted it to feel like original, an original world that you hadn't never seen before. Um, and I had also made this big list of all the things that I love the most. And one of those things was time travel. So I just put those two things together um, to make this creature that um, can steal time from the human lifespan and then use that to travel in time. Um, so they are they are pretty bad. They're, they are actually, I guess, monstrous. They use sure. their power. They don't feel any, you know, moral tug about it. They feel fine about it. Um, but I think that because we're following their story from the point of view, um, I guess, of, of Joan, who's half monster and who really loves that monster side of her family, um, you, I guess the reader's empathy is the thing that blurs that line between good guys and bad guys. Right. Know. Well, that's much yeah. we get into that morally gray area, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things, so yeah, so that's these, you know, these monsters have abilities that are unique to themselves for sure. And actually those, and a lot of those abilities are actually quite harmless for the most part. Um, but yeah, they do have this thing where their, their ability to time travel. And in order to do that, they borrow time from non-monsters, from humans, and, really borrow it, they oh, steal sorry, it. they steal it. You're right. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, good. You're right. Yeah. And and the amount they steal is taken off that human's life, right? So yeah. if they yes. st- if they steal a minute, that human will die a minute sooner than they were that what they were supposed to have died. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you could simulate it, so you could steal, you know, thousands and thousands of minutes and travel quite far. Right. Um, so that's the that you know that's the that's sort of the tag that they're hung with as far as you know are they monsters or not that yeah. you know you can decide that but what what i really and that's you know people can debate that all they want um yeah. what i liked about it and uh you know monsters are like any anyone else uh they're not a monolith so no. you know when you look at them as just as a community they're all different and they all have different motivations. They all have, there's discrimination within the monster community itself. There's hierarchies, yeah. there's, there's racism, there's all sorts of things that are going on, right? Within the monster community itself. And you put such a, you know, pardon the, <laughs> for lack of a better word, human touch, <laughs> you know, to, to the monsters. And, and you do a great job of creating empathy for sure. Because I mean, Joan's not a fucking monster. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, you know, like I guess like, she was raised human. So yeah, for sure. Really but like, yeah. And I mean, and I mean, I'm Team Aaron, and Aaron's not a monster. <laughs> Aaron's a beautiful boy who uh who just needs help. All right. Um he's doing his best in the world that he's he in. is doing the best in this world. Yeah. So I really love this idea. And to me, like that's that's the part of the book that where you know most authors write in front of a window. So um, a lot of times they write, you know, the world they see in front of them. Right. And, and I, and I, you know, the messaging isn't lost on me anyways, about a lot of the stuff that's going on within the monster community itself. And you sort of like reserve a lot of the uh, 
things that do occur in real life as far as discrimination and representation goes to the monster community. You sort of leave the humans out of it at this story anyways. Yeah, we don't, we don't really, yeah, we're mostly in the monster world for this book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was very interested in the way, I guess, that narratives can kind of confer or deny empathy in the reader. So that was definitely part of um, part of what I was doing, I suppose, wanting to really create that feeling of empathy so that you, the reader, isn't quite, well, I, I guess, you know, I feel like monsters are objectively bad, but um, you, the reader, kind of maybe wants them to succeed. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, if a monster is just like a, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, again, this is where we sort of parse parse language a bit here, right? Like yeah. adject- monster adjective or monster noun, right? Or, right. you know, because like I already said, you know, a monster can be a big blue fluffy thing and he, and right. he, and he is a quote unquote monster by, you know, by his very nature, but doesn't mean he or she commits any acts that would be, you know, deem inappropriate, right? So um, that's the line in with these monsters too, isn't it? Where I think you are sort of trying to like sort the good monsters from the bad monsters. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know yeah. how many monsters there are in kind of, I feel like if it was from the hero's point of view, that would all be pretty bad. Um, but yeah, because from the monster's point of view, that it seems so bad. But it's, tr- it's true that I feel like if you make them look human, um, it's kind of easier to project yourself into them as well. Right. Well, that's our point of reference as a human, yeah. right? I can't, I'm not a monster. I am human. So like my, my point of restaurant reference has to be uh, from a human perspective. Yeah. And what you do that's really, really, really fucking smart in this book is there is some, there is a lot of human interaction for sure. But you know, like when you're watching and I watch a ton of anime and yeah, yeah or any, any, any sort of fantastical, like, you know, surreal, you know, realism yeah. fantasy thing or any cartoon yeah. or anything, you know, your brain at first takes a second, but then once it adjusts, you, you are immersed in that world. Yeah. And in the value system of the protagonist. Right. And, and just, and just that world, the, the it's, it's attributes just become normal, right? Your brain yeah. tells you, okay, this is the world we're going to spend the next hour and a half in. Right. Yeah, it's like a bit of a simulation for sure. Exactly. So you do that with this book. So when you immerse us in the monster's world in such great yeah. ways, you know, in such great, fantastical, detailed and nuanced and wonderful ways. Um, so I see, I've seen there are vegetarian, quote unquote, monsters that actually don't steal time from humans. Of course there are. Of course there are. That's right. That's right. Um yeah, well, you do imply, of course, and, and not even imply sometimes, just show us a much larger world of monsters, right? Yeah. Like there's a whole thing going on there. But, uh, you know, yeah, you do this great, you do this great job of really isolating the monster community for us so that when we spend enough time in that world, we start to see the nuance and the differences between yeah. the different groups, the different families, of course, for sure, but also just the different individuals and different people's opinions. And by doing that, you create uh, this wonderful sort of like indiscriminate uh you know loyalty from yeah. us right from yeah. us from the re- from the reader and i found that i was like didn't care that they were fucking stealing time from humans <laughs> i didn't care i i was like no that, you know what I'm, I, I'm like you know what good for them and i'm like <laughs> now listen i'm also i like i also don't really like humans that much in general <laughs> so because they, they do a lot of bad stuff right so uh, maybe i'm like stick it to the humans but anyways yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so like, is but that- it, is, it is true that I didn't want it to be like that 
I like fantasy worlds to feel a bit unhomogenous. Like yeah. I think it's more realistic when they're quite varied in opinion and, and values themselves. Um, I always found, you know, um, I guess those older sci-fi shows where um, they would go to another planet and everyone would be dressed the same. Mm. Everyone yeah. <laughs> would be yeah. talking the same. I always find that slightly unrealistic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's one thing if you're like living in like this, you know, sort of autonomous or, you know, society or whatever, yeah. and everyone like, like Star Trek kind of in a way, like, yeah, everyone, yeah, 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 or whatever. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. So it, but yeah, but then you, yeah, you go to some places and they're all like, it's like THX 1138 all of a sudden, everyone's just, just the same, talks <laughs> yeah. the same. And they're all like, you're like, and you're like, you're like, yeah, we've got like technology, but at what price? Yeah. I, I need to wear some, I need some green. I need to wear green. Yeah. I need a wardrobe of my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything we've been just talking about anyways, as far as how they steal time and everything it's, so uh, this comes up too within the community itself, but a lot of this book is about choice, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a big theme in this book. And talk about that, sort of how you were hoping to sort of really drive that point home. Like what what ideas you had to, I mean, you could have simply just left it at like stealing time from humans, but you, really with Joan, you really, you know, she's the one who's like, what, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> right, like right. she's like, well, I don't think we should be doing this. But then, you know, in the end, she also has to make some pretty difficult moral decisions. Um, I always like it when there's um, a big rivalry in, in a book or in a, I guess in any narrative. Um, and I really like it when the, when two characters have very mutually exclusive goals and that, that, that seem very unreconcilable. I find that really interesting especially when you can kind of see both points of view. You're not quite sure which, which direction you would go in either. Um, I always find that, I don't know, quite compelling. So I was really interested in doing that too. Yeah, it's really, really, really cool. It'd be really interesting too, like, and I don't know if this will happen in two or three or not, but to sort yeah. of like get it, have the maybe have it from the human perspective. Right, right. <laughs> like how does that feel for them to have in real time? right like right do they get a sense that it's happening or is it just nothing it just feels like literally just feels like being touched by a stranger right like physically touched by a stranger. i mean completely um yeah. my friend kat uh, this is before the pandemic um she went to she went on holiday to london um and i said could you please go to buckingham palace um because that where the changing of the guards is so i said can you just like just scout it out and tell me if it's like plausible that you could touch someone's neck and they wouldn't notice and then she sent me back a video of, her, of herself actually touching people's necks. And she said, nobody noticed. So, yeah, apparently very plausible. Yeah, isn't that funny? Eh? Yeah. And, like, whereas I'm, like, such a, like, I, I get so much anxiety in crowds and stuff. It'd be, like, if somebody touched me, I would be so aware of it. Oh, you would notice. I feel like oh, I would notice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, on my, especially on my neck. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm not noticing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And now I'll be like, you're stealing my, stop stealing my time. Yeah, you'd be like life. turning around. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. ready to fuck back. And actually I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, you stole, you stole some lifetime from me. How much did you take? Like how much? Right. I'd just years? be like, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be mad. I'd just be like, like ho-hum. Like, okay, how much did you take? What am I looking at here? One year, one minute. Come on, let me know. I guess and it I, wouldn't help unless you knew your actual lifespan. That's true enough. Yeah. And also it'd be like, and I'd be like, where are you go? Where, tell me where you're going. And if it wasn't somewhere cool, I'd be like, what a waste. Take me with you. Yeah. They're like, if they're like, oh, we're going back to 2002. I'd be like, oh, what a waste. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're going to steal my time, go back to the eighties at least. Right. Is that where you would go? 
Uh, well, I mean, all time classically, no, I, the seventies probably, but uh, especially like like in New York in the seventies, like the music, oh, yeah. the, the music was the best. The film movies were the best. Yeah. Style was the best. I would just be like, yeah, yeah I'd be really down a lot of good a lot of good social movements too right like era yeah i think probably the 70s i mean you know 50s 50s hawaii north shore would be great yeah Um, yeah you know like there's always sort of like pockets of time right it's usually and it usually has to do with either like a social movement or uh music music typically so i don't what about you you got summer i mean the 80s is just fun like i would like to be in the 80s as an adult like i was a kid in the 80s right you didn't you didn't appreciate it at the time (laughs) well i appreciated it for sure but maybe not in the not certainly not in the way that i do looking back now right like i would um i don't know exactly what i would do but i would it would just be a lot more you know yeah but what about you sorry i don't know <laughs> see that's the thing like you're not going to go back to something you already experienced like, i wouldn't go back to the 90s because i was fine yeah. I, I experienced the 90s as a teen yeah. and stuff like that and i would never do that but what about you i think because of that i would go to the future i'm i'd like to check out all the new things that are happening i feel like um anything that i would go to in the past i would i'd have a little bit of an idea of what was going on but but isn't that like, isn't that the, the dream to go back to like what's what's the thing you always say like if i only knew then what I know now or whatever. That's true. Like, that's yeah. true. Although I guess in my universe, um, it's hard to change any events. So right. Well, that's <laughs> we'll talk about that. There's that butterfly effect. Um, the future one would be weird because only like, what if you went to the future and then you found out that you that were dead? No you were, well, you were dead. I mean, I guess you would be. <laughs> right. um, I guess in this world, you can you can only be in a time once. So maybe you are right. already dead. Right. That would be weird, right? You'd like try and look yourself up and you died like a long time ago. You'd be like, oh boy. All right. Well, this is a bust. No, the future would be cool for sure. Yeah, that's true. But um, no, I don't know. I do like the idea though of just like going back and knowing going back armed with with you know decades of of intelligence and would be uh, and just like show off to people and stuff like that, right? Like that cool, but yeah. Um would it be like yesterday you would write the Beatles songs? Right. You know what I mean? It, it, like, it, God, I don't know, I, that would be so would be weird. I don't know if I could do that. That might feel a little too dishonest. <laughs> if I was going to, yeah, you'd have to go way back though. But yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be weird. Maybe go, like go back and invent Apple. I don't know. We could, <laughs> something stupid. But anyways. Yeah, I think when I think about things like that, I'm like, oh, I don't have the skills. <laughs> No, I wouldn't either, but maybe just, maybe just the idea, right? Like have, I can describe just, it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Or go back and write, I don't know, your, no, you want to do that to an author. I was going to say, go back and write your favorite book, but now you don't do that. But I don't know, just just go back and have fun. Just experience yeah. it, you know? Um, I, like, I like the idea of going back to a time of, of a group of people on the cusp of something amazing, right? Like I always watch these documentaries and they're like, they talk about how unique uh, a, a specific time and place was for whatever reason. And sometimes it only lasted for three years or four years, right? But the way they describe it just sounds so magical and romantic. And you're like, oh, that's that would true. Been- the twenties always sounds very romantic. Yeah, um, it would be super yeah. cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Like- I feel like it probably wouldn't be as amazing if you were actually no, there. no, because there was like everyone was getting like everyone's getting sick and dying early. Yeah, was no right. It doesn't no, sound very fun. No plumbing, and yeah, yeah, no, it'd be awful. But uh, um, so a. Uh, you know, it's always important, of course, but it, in a trilogy, it's way more important. Like a series lives and dies with the main character. Um, yeah. Joan Chang Hunt. <sighs> yeah. Tell me about Joan. 
Um, so at the beginning of the book, um, she knows there's something odd about her mother's family, which is the Hunts. Um, but her mother died when she was a baby and she spends her summers with that family and they just seem a little eccentric to her, a little bit quirky. Um, but at the beginning of the book, she, I guess she learns the truth. Uh, she learns that they're monsters, that they've been stealing human life the whole time she's known them. They time travel and suddenly a lot of um, their quirks really starts to make sense. So the, the fact that they often wear historical clothes, that starts to make sense. I guess their amorality starts to make sense to her. Um, and, you know, she really rejects this, I guess, revelation. She doesn't want to be a monster. She doesn't want to have any part of this. Um, I think she's got a very human, I guess, moral code at the beginning. Um, but then uh, through the circumstances of the book, um, she finds herself, you know, having to make this really difficult moral choice about am I going to use this power? Um, am I going to try to stop, you know, this hero who's trying to kill all monsters or am I going to be human and, and just let this happen? Um, and I feel like it's not a spoiler <laughs> that she chooses to be, I guess, to use her monstrous powers. Um, and I think uh, as the book continues, there's a few revelations um, so that you learn more and more about all of the characters um, and the fact that they all have a bit of a backstory. Um, sometimes they're making, you know, really difficult choices. Sometimes uh, it's like that it doesn't sometimes it doesn't even feel like a choice I feel like for some of them um, but yeah I'd say that that would summarize Joan um, she's just somebody who probably wouldn't have wanted to be in this world if she didn't have to be yeah she really follows her heart doesn't she and I really like sort yeah. of like she's got like you know she's got gall like she's willing to put one foot in front of the other uh, you yeah, know, she, she's, yeah she's not gonna she's not the type to sit back and wait wait for no. something, wait for something to come <laughs> wait for something to come to her she's going to go to it um right. I, really, I really appreciate it that's great well as a main character that's what she wants she drives the, the story forward um right. yeah no it's interesting because yeah you do things as things get revealed this book and story gets increasingly more complicated um right. and it's and it's not made any less so by the fact that you've decided to toil in time travel um so there are tons of rules to time travel and storytelling, aren't there? And now you've in the book you quote Back to the Future, which is the granddaddy of of, of story of time travel rules, right? You lay it all out. And I actually was reminded a little bit of Back to the Future with this book because this book to me starts very much like in media res. It kind of feels like we pick up like already in progress in a strange way, right. which right. is which is strange for a trilogy because you have three books to sort of get us to ease us into it, but you do like this crazy, you really pile on the exposition early in this book, like back to the future does like back to the future tells you everything you need to know in the first 20 minutes. Right. Like everything. It explains time travel, explains the rules of time travel. It explains how, it explains the, how, the, why, all that stuff. Like in the first, that first parking lot scene, they tell you everything you need to know. You do something similar here too, which I thought was really kind of interesting and fun because normally in a trilogy, yeah, they kind of, you, you know, you you just sort of pace that out a bit, but which yeah. tell, you know, so talk to me about sort of your ideas about how you wanted to start this trilogy. Cause it's long, cause it's going to be long, right? Three books. Yeah, long. yeah. 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 Um, so I actually did a lot of development work before I even started writing the manuscript. Um, I came up with the whole world, all the characters, um, their backstories, I guess some of their their relationships that I thought would probably be in the books, um, some of, even some of the scenes maybe that would be in the book, 
Um, and I didn't realise until I actually started writing it, um, you can't fit that much story into one book. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, like, I right, thought it would be one right. book initially. And then I realised this is probably more like three books. Mm. Um, so uh, I guess that's how I started um, started the story. It was just a big world in my head. Um, and then I had to figure out how to tell it as a story. Um, I'd never written a novel before, so I really had to figure out how to do that. Um, and definitely the beginning was the hardest part because um, I knew that I wanted um, one of the characters to be revealed as the hero. Mm. And to have that to have that revelation work, you also had to know that monsters existed, what they were. Um, you had to have some stakes around monsters so that you didn't want them to die. Um, so there was a lot to set up, um, I guess, to start the inciting incident to make that inciting incident work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it extremely difficult. I think I probably wrote at least 20 different versions of the beginning completely mm. from scratch. Um, Jerome was even slightly different in each of those beginnings. Um, and I still remember this moment when I finally got every single element that I needed to get into the beginning. I sent it to my critique partner and she said, yeah, you've done it. This is this is working. And then she read the next chapter and she said you've broken the rest of the book <laughs> so I had to start again <laughs> oh no that's yeah. time travel for you yeah that's yeah yeah I right. set up some wrong promises I guess about right yeah yeah about. well that's yeah listen it's a it's a tricky tricky pool to swim in right <laughs> like and, and there are it's a funny thing because you know you would time travel you would think well there shouldn't there aren't any rules because I can make them up but there are right. rules there is there's because there has, to be, rules. There has yeah. to be rules yeah especially especially the way with the direction you're going in with the story too um uh yeah. but you I, were I think I thought you did a really fucking great job Vanessa with that part you. of it yeah I felt like I was I was like I I was dialed in and and was very you know in the now the whole time like it was totally yeah I always you. felt like my place in the story was always right in line with the characters you know what I mean like I never felt um they I, they were ahead of me where I was ahead of them I thought we were like perfectly in sync with the characters which is rare because usually a lot of these books especially point of view books depend on either the readers knowing more than the characters do or vice versa right so yeah. um I felt like I think it helps that Joan is so naive at the beginning you kind of learn about this world like as she's learning about the world right right maybe you have similar reactions to her or maybe you don't um, right and that's great learning about it at the same time right yeah. and it and that's exciting as a reader because yeah. we have that sense we have that <laughs> sense we have that sense of this yeah I hope so. Yeah. We have that sense that we have that sense of discovery along with her. Right. Which is great. Yeah. And that helps. And that helps during when she takes the hits too. Right. Because yes. we're, we're, we take yeah. the hits and there's a wonderful scene when she goes back in time, when she meets one of her family members, who's of course quite yeah. younger at the time. And that's a heartbreaking scene. Right. Yeah. Because um, it's not, we yeah. don't always, it's it, again, it's very back to the futurist, right? Where you don't like yeah. this fantasy about me. very different in the past. Like, you don't really know, right? You yeah. don't know. Cause we're all like, you know, God, we're all the summation of, of a lifetime of experiences. Aren't we? Really? When, when we're really? old. Yeah. When we're older. So. Yeah. Um, and I guess Joan assumes a bond with that character, but yeah. that character's never met Joan. So right. um, they don't right. have the relationship she expected them to have because that other character doesn't know her yet. Um, it was, it was, a, that was a good, well, well written scene and a tough scene to read. And, uh, and I just, you really felt that in Joan too, when she sort of like exits it and you're just like, yeah. oh, I felt for her so much because this person is very important to her and people will realize that. Why? Say, though, <laughs> I feel 
like, I feel like as an author, it was really fun to write that scene. Oh, of course. Oh, those are the best. Those <laughs> are the, the best. Oh, of course. Well, that's when you get to like go like subcutaneous on a character, right? You get to like yeah. really peel yeah. away like like the epidermal stuff and like get underneath them yeah. and get a, and really get inside them in a way that you know action scenes just don't allow you to do necessarily right or yeah. even even romance stuff necessarily that's yeah, the thing yeah. with romance so much of romance is so surface level right and that's just because that's yeah, what we I like yeah I feel like romance is very difficult to write I'm I, I, I like I was like I, I guess I have a romance in here but I could feel how difficult it was um to overlay that on top of a hero's journey structure it's like they didn't quite want to be together sometimes so it was like quite a lot of work well, especially when you got like a, yeah <laughs> well when the world's falling apart it's like how do you how do you realistically have somebody two people flirt with each other um <laughs> right like when the world's burning <laughs> it's like to do. you're like this isn't a, this isn't entirely appropriate right now like this is <laughs> this is not the time and place um <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, yes, you do. Uh, Joan is so great. She's got she's got basically two suitors. Um, she does. Got, she's so wonderful, and I and we I can't wait. And we, especially when you, you know you'll get on the circuit. The book's already been out in, in Australia, but when it hits the US and mm-hmm. stuff, you'll you'll start to really get the you know the teams and the ships coming and all this stuff, right? But I am I am very very team Aaron. Like it's not even it's actually yes. not it's not it's actually not even close. Um, and uh, I mean I like I you know but having read the book i will cut nick some slack um nick go through some, nick goes through, he goes yeah. through some shit <laughs> i don't know <laughs> nick goes through some shit and uh does, yeah while i'm sympathetic to nick i am sorry he doesn't hold a candle to aaron aaron's aaron's Fair aaron. enough. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh that was a lot of fun was that a lot of fun sort of like you know having it was them, really fun yeah play yeah, off each other I, and, <laughs> and the thing is like they're not even uh nick and aaron don't even really interact I didn't have, do they meet at all? I'm just trying to think. I don't think I'm, so. I'm trying to remember. I guess too. they do at the like, very at the very beginning during the inside. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, guess they yeah. see each other. I don't know how much they meet each other. Right. Interact. And yeah. um, but um and that's not a spoiler. That's just that's no, just, no, that's, that's not a spoiler. It's quite that's plot. <laughs> yeah, that's just plot. But uh and that's an interesting thing too, right? Because it's that's just really smart practically as a writer as storytelling, because then that allows Joan to be uh two different people she's allowed to blossom on on one yeah. of those, on yeah. with one of those people and allowed to feel a whole set of other emotions with the other one right so that's really great for yeah. you as a writer and that was really smart of yeah. you to, to do it that way because it it changes who she is if they were like all in the same room together yeah I guess but, I really love I really love enemies and rivalries so I think both of those relationships kind of have some elements of enmity and rivalry, at least at the beginning. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then I like that oh, kind yeah. of growing and changing as well. So yeah, for sure. Um, it was really fun, right? Yeah. I can't, yeah. And I mean, just the way this book ends, I cannot, um, there's, I'm not going to say, you know, who's doing what at the end, but uh, there's, I'm looking forward to a reunion for one of them. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. So, all right. It's not a spoiler to say that the characters will be back. <laughs> That, that's right. Yeah, of course. It's a trilogy. Yeah, it, it will, it, they better be. Um, no, Joan dies. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, you kill Joan at the end. There was a shocking yeah. twist. <laughs> um, we'll get you out of here in a couple of minutes, but I did want to say, like, this is a great top to bottom cast, though, too. And, and everyone is going to love Tom and Jamie. There's just no doubt about it. I love Tom and Jamie with all my heart. And that's a wonderful... Tom has a wonderful arc in this book and you really have 
you could, I could tell you really enjoyed writing those parts. And yeah, that's I, a really- that interesting because I had always wanted Tom to come in much earlier, but okay, when you start to hit the limitations of, um, I guess, of structure of things yeah. that need to happen. Yeah. Um, and I just, that was, that was the earliest I could bring him in, which was, yeah, just a little later than I wanted to, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay for the book. It's, <laughs> you know, that stuff is so strong. Like that could have been a book. Yeah, I, I think Tom and Jamie and that whole thing yeah. that like that yeah. easily could have been a love story could have been a romance book like yeah. it's, it's wonderful because you've got all the great elements of it right sacrifice uh, you know like Romeo and Juliet type of thing um, longing you've got all these wonderful yeah like torn torn apart you know like a, like a gape romance like it's 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 wonderful yeah yeah, yeah. really great um and then ruth is joan's sister who's just a fucking like a force a force to be reckoned with like is just amazing She's probably the most fun to write yeah like well she gets she has like uh i won't say she's the comedic relief but but she, she, got a lot of, she comes in she blows in with a lot of energy she comes in hot and yeah. uh she's and she's got like a great great wonderful combination of like a snarky attitude and just yeah. also just like no bullshit right which is what you want and uh yeah. she's a fantastic character this is the cast is really great and that's really important because i assume we're going to meet new people in, in book two and, and it's so it's, yeah. it's really important that you have your core group like squared away which yeah. you really do in book yeah. one so that's i think that was a huge success uh, on your Thank part you. for sure um, yeah that's also a lot of work <laughs> oh it's a ton of work isn't it yeah right yeah, and, and again yeah. because that's the thing in a trilogy your cast gets bigger it has to and yeah, it's so, true. so yeah. like if, if you're not if you're not sure of what your main core is, is up to and and like man that can because it could slip away on you and uh man i don't sense that's going to be the case here because i think this you the team you've put together here is is, is really great and yeah. it's only and you you really usually you just fuck it up at the end like it's you complicate things like i don't i don't mean the writing i just mean like you just it gets no, so yeah yeah it gets so messy at the end and just and it's so interesting to me and i can't wait to see where they go from there because you. because you build Thank it you. you build these relationships so well then you tear yeah. them all down like in a way that's <laughs> so wonderful I got, I got some advice really early on about you know about that um expanding cast of characters that moves into books two and three yeah um just make as many people as you can in book one because it's much easier to go back to a character that you've already created right even if you've hardly been in it or even if they've only just been name referenced um it's, yeah. a, bit, it's a bit more meaningful if you've if they've already been encountered in book one right even if briefly um, yeah for sure and that's going to yeah. come in that's really going to come in handy especially uh yeah. <laughs> as you as you uh really really lean into the sort of the more the more villainous side of the cast right yeah <laughs> because that's that's because that's coming obviously too so yeah like you're like because i mean there's Spoilers. so yeah yeah well there's villains you got to have villains in the book that's true, um that's true. yeah um so it's clear there's like there's more coming and because um, yeah. only yeah. because you do such a great job like you introduce us to, the, to this monster court which is amazing but you you definitely imply you know that it's just it's it's a much bigger thing than anyone realizes i think right yeah. so it's there's there's yeah. so much room for growth there and Thank listen you. too many characters is better than not enough and you can always kill oh them God. off right so <laughs> <laughs> um let's let's uh 
Yeah, I don't want to get too. No, we'll avoid that one. Let's let's go with this one because this was a lot of fun for me, anyways. As somebody, like I said, who sort of was 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 a teenager in the '90s. How much fun did you have? Why the '90s? And how much fun did you have, sort of, with the time period? Like, you do such a great job with the gadgets and the the the, sty- <laughs> the clothing style, the music, even right. It's just like it's a time machine for me as somebody who just very vividly remembers the '90s. So yeah, why the '90s? And then talk to me how much fun that was. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, well, I guess partly the 90s um, because of Joan's age. So um, in the book, you can only, you can't be in the same time twice. So she had to go to a place, a time, I guess, of her, before her own birth. So I put her in 1993. Um, I felt like she's going to be really, really far from any allies. Um, she's going to have to figure things out herself, not just um, in the monster world, but in this, in the past. Um, and I also felt like um, it was kind of poignant that there was no one in this world anymore that she knew, like her, her dad was far away in Malaysia at this age. Um, she had no idea whether her mum's side of the family was or her friends hadn't been born yet. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I chose that period, um, I guess, for the effect for, for Joan to have as much agency as possible. Um, and it was also quite a fun a fun period to write about, Um <laughs> I, it's like I guess it was just before phones as well so um, they're also a little bit at sea um, having to I guess have an adventure without easy communication right um, yeah, yeah like there was, was really like, fun to do Easter eggs. <laughs> right we all remember like either like the brick phones or like the early right yeah but, phones had just been invented I guess but, but I mean just, not very hardly yeah. anyone nobody had one no, so only rich people had them yeah bas- basically only rich people had them and the, and the thing is like if you were lucky enough to have one no, none of the other friends did, so it didn't matter. No, <laughs> you had no one to you had no one to call. <laughs> Sorry, no. so it didn't matter. But yeah, yeah, that's always an interesting thing, right? Because we think about I think about that all the time. Like fucking Jesus, where would we be without cell phones right now? Yeah, I know. I know. It feels lost. It's like, what do we do? Like, do we just bump around in the world, bump into things, and like? I guess we just yeah, we just use landlines. How did we survive? How did we survive? But yeah, yeah. There's and there's some in that really 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 have some fun with some of those scenes especially when they're trying to sort of acclimatize themselves to the 90s right and they go shopping uh clothes shopping (laughs) and stuff like that and um yeah i guess partly also set in this hidden monster world so right um when they first arrive they go to a way station where you can buy clothes of the appropriate you know appropriate clothes for the era they can buy the right kind of technology so they fit in um so i suppose that's kind of a hidden world inside the human world even of the past and that's where I fell in love with Aaron. So, um, <laughs> and I think Joan did too. I don't care what she says. I can't uh, say. <laughs> no, I know. Um, no, it really, and, and just like, just really, really, really fun and funny scenes. And uh, yeah, that, that whole stuff was really great. It's always such a funny, it was a nice reprieve because up until then things have been pretty serious <laughs> and, and things mm. are, and things are still serious, but it's fun for yeah. them, for for these characters at that point, you, you should have grown attached to, and I certainly did. It was nice yeah. to see them just be able to sort of relax, just for even if it's just for a second. And yeah, you kind of need a little downtime. Yeah. Um, when you reach that new world, I guess. That, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. really, really, right. really fun, really well done. And again, as somebody who experienced the 90s, it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. 
even just like even the uh like some of the styles like the you know fishnets and uh oh, yeah no. right, <laughs> like really all the sort of grungy things and and whatever else but yeah yeah, yeah. that was like grunge and boy bands so yeah that's right you can't go wrong <laughs> with the two yeah that's right um so that was really great um so vanessa yeah like i said i don't uh i am not prone to bullshit i really fucking enjoyed this book and i think a lot and i think a lot of people are enjoying it and will enjoy it i can't i can't wait to to see people's reaction to it. i think they're really gonna really 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 they're gonna get a kick out of it so so uh come out um, yeah it's already already out there yeah 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 it's been really fun all my friends um have started to read it my i guess non-writing friends which has been really nice oh that's super cool (laughs) yeah um I'm just, I'm so happy for you. I love it. I love it. Um, Just the debut experience is so unique and um, and just enjoy it, obviously. And uh, that's, it's, it's, I was going to say, enjoy the launch, but again, you've, it's weird because you've already had, you've had a soft launch, we'll call it, I I guess, but yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's right. So that was fun. But um, what do you got going on uh, for the U S launch? Anything, uh, anything special? um, So um, Naomi Novik is going to do an event with me at Mysterious Galaxy, um, which I'm really, really looking forward to because I've known Amy for a long, long, long time. And she was the first person I ever knew that wrote a book. So oh, cool. um, His Majesty's Dragon was the first time I saw a book on the shelf where I knew the author. So that was, I guess, part of that moment when I thought it was a long, I mean, I feel like it was a much longer journey for me, but that was definitely one of the first times that I thought maybe I could write a book. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. Um, yeah, a long time later. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Uh, February 22nd at 7 p.m. Yeah. PT. Okay. Um, right on. And I assume anything else you got going on will be, you'll update on your social media and yes, website I and all will. that stuff yes. so everyone can find you all those different ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Vanessa. Underscore rights on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually when that's what I'm looking at right now. So yeah, um, very cool and uh, a lot of nice blurbs on there too. So oh, and you've got some. Uh, oh, you're doing uh, you're signing. How many? God, look how many of those things you've signed. <laughs> it's been really really fun. <laughs> yeah, um, just take care of your wrists. We need you for yeah. long, we need you no, for I the long haul here. Chosen yeah. a very ergonomic signature. Luckily. <laughs> oh yeah, perfect. Yeah yeah, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, have a really, really great uh, North Thank America you. and UK launch. That's coming up too in a week. Yes, or, it's on the seventeenth. Yeah, yes. that's right. So yeah, you got two more launch, big launches coming up. So yeah, have a great, 20th. have a yeah. wonderful yeah. rest of the month. That's so cool. You get to sort you. of experience Thank the you. whole month, and um, yeah, have a great launch and uh, just a safe, safe, uh, safe rest of the year as well. Vanessa. There you have it. Another episode of Everything Is Canon all wrapped up. Huge thanks to Vanessa for stopping by and chatting with me. This is a fantastic debut book for her, and I can't wait for book two and three. Only a Monster is out now, so pick up a copy wherever you buy your books, and head on over to vanessalen.com for more information. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen, and head on over to nascentalinks.com for the latest movie, TV, books, and gaming news. Please continue to be safe out there. Bye for now. And, 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 and,